And we're back. Welcome back. I'm Arlene Bynan for Alex Pearson tonight. And here's one of my favorite parts of the show, Counterpoint, where we talk it all out, all these issues of the day. And joining us is Omar Khan, VP at Hill and Knowlton, Liberal Party Executive. Omar Khan, welcome. How are you? My pleasure. Good to be here. Hey, it's great to have you. And Melissa Lansman, VP at Hill and Knowlton, conservative strategist. Melissa, welcome. Thanks for having me. All right, what do we talk about? I began the show with this, and I'm not finished with it. All we do is get more information about all these apologies and sex stuff going on. And Tony Clement, well, it was shocking when it was a one-off, and now we have way, way more information. Melissa Lansman, where are we on this? I was wondering if we might even be on the point of normalizing it. What do you think? Well, I don't think we should ever be to the point of normalizing. Look, politicians, their staffers, everybody who has decided to work in public service is held to a higher standard, and it should be that. Um, you know, the uh, the ongoing nature of this, that's, that, that isn't going to go away, but we shouldn't allow it to ever be commonplace because everybody deserves a place um, where they can work free of harassment. Is it harassment, Omar Khan, though? I mean, I'm getting, I don't know about you, but I'm getting a, a few people trying to explain to me there's a certain demographic that does this. There is a, honestly, and I'm like, wow, I didn't think I was out of it or anything. I don't but, think the Tony Clement thing is harassment. I think it's stupidity. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but If you're a 57-year-old former cabinet minister who's a member of parliament and you sit on the National Security Committee of Parliament, uh, don't... Uh, send, you know, sexually suggestive pictures of yourself or videos of yourself over, 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 over the Internet to, to somebody you haven't even met, you don't even know. Uh, you know, it, it, it is highly irresponsible. You know, the, it, it, could, it could be providing leverage to, uh, to foreign governments to gain access to Canadian secrets. It's, I'm not saying that's what's happening. It's here. not the PP tape, but look, it it, it could look, be anything that potentially compromises yourself, particularly as a member of the National Security Committee uh, of Parliament, which has access to uh, highly, highly sensitive uh, information, uh, could be leveraged by other countries, be it uh, you know, China, the Chinese, the Russians, the Americans. Who knows uh, to undermine Canadian interests? You know, this particular incident isn't a case of harassment because, because um, the, the, I guess the women involved didn't, didn't work for him or under him. But it, it's, it's just, you know, I'm flabbergasted at the lack of judgment. Uh, Melissa, maybe you're referencing we are finding more. We're finding out other women are saying, you know, he was liking me, all these things, but it was just on Instagram. However, you know, there's this argument out there. It was between consenting adults and, uh, you know, perhaps he's done all the right things. We all know how it goes. We've heard it over and over. You've got all those boxes to check. You say you're sorry. You say you're going to get help. You you apologize to people. I, I don't know about you, Melissa, is when I hear that now, it seems a bit formatic. Do you think the public well, feels the same way? I think the public is getting to that place, but we shouldn't allow it to get to that place. Uh, look, I, I don't think you need to be a 57-year-old cabinet minister on a national security committee to know that sending pictures of yourself over the internet uh, is, is wrong. I think I think you could be a 57-year-old not cabinet minister yeah. or a 25-year-old uh, not minister on no national security committee to know 
you know, that these things uh, can come back to haunt you. Look, text messages go two ways, uh, and somebody else always has that uh, on you. So just, I, I agree with Omar on this one. The lack of judgment is just astonishing. It is astonishing. Omar, though, is there a way back for Tony Clement? Uh, I think it's, at this point it's highly unlikely. So we, we now have in the star, uh, albeit anonymously, mm-hmm. uh, we have uh, uh, two young women in their 20s mm-hmm. uh, have come forward and, uh, and have indicated that, uh, you know, he, he was talking to them months ago uh, about this potential extortion. Uh, and, and, you know, one of them is alleging that she was involved in a sexual relationship w- with him. Um, I, I, you know, I just don't see, I don't see a path back. But you know what? I may have said the same thing about Patrick Brown a few months ago, and he's the mayor of Brampton now. He is the mayor, but, you know, we have this playing out on all different ways. We have Andrew Kimber and what is happening in the province of Ontario. Five PC staffers, female, sent inappropriate texts by this aide. We're seeing it over and over again. And, Melissa, this is happening always uh, maybe a week or a couple of weeks after we say, okay, is Me Too peaked? What do you think? Well, I don't. I don't think Me Too has peaked because we continue to see this mm-hmm. over and over again. Um, and you know, until there is, uh, you know, until there is actual justice for the victims, until we see politicians that can't come back for this, i.e., you know, Omar just mentioned that uh, um, that Patrick Brown is now yeah. the uh, the mayor of Brampton. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like there's much of a consequence for for Patrick Brown. Um, if you believe that he acted inappropriately. So until there is uh, consequences for these individuals, uh, this isn't going away. I know, but here's the deal. Patrick Brown did the same thing. You get the pushback, you hire the people with the big voices who are going to say, I'm going to tell you this, and I'm going to, and we're going to roll up our sleeves, and you do the fight back, and you attack the attackers. We have seen this in the United States of America, and now we see it in this. Omar, are we getting into an area now where people say, almost the Bill Clinton, I'm not going down here, I'm going to fight for my life. Yeah, and, and you know, I I think we have to be careful not to kind of generalize all of these incidents mm-hmm. as as the same. Uh, you know, there are, there are various nuances in in each individual case, and they should be treated as individual cases. Um, but you know, to Melissa's point, I think it's incumbent upon us, you know, so folks who comment in the media uh, and who have, perhaps have a a thought leadership role out there in the public domain, uh, to keep saying that this is not okay. Uh, it is not okay if you are in a position of power in the premier's office or in any office uh, mm-hmm. to be sending sexually suggestive uh, messages to subordinates. Uh, and you know this isn't an issue just you know with one party. We we had members of uh, you know the, the the it's on the record that there was members of provincial parliament in in previous liberal caucuses uh, who who were asked to step aside um, because of these issues. So this is something that's pervasive throughout society, and politics is no exception. And it has to be stood up against um, whenever we have an opportunity to do so. All right. We have a lot of men talking about these things. We also have men weighing in on what it means to be a feminist. We know our prime minister has said he's a feminist. He said it over and over and yelling it from the mountains. Today, Maxime Bernier telling the CBC he doesn't need to be a feminist. Here's how it sounded. I believe in you. I believe in people, and um, and you don't need to be a feminist for that. 
There we go. Melissa, I'll throw this to you. It's Maxine Bernier. We know he's trying to shake it all up. But on the other hand, I mean, there's got to be other politicians saying this. Is, is being a, using that word feminist, is it a, is it a powerful sword or is Bernier on to something here? Well, I think Bernier is on to something. I don't think Maxine Bernier is the best communicator of, a, <laughs> uh, of them all. But he's rejected the feminist label. And it's something that has become, um, you know, something used by politicians that has become a bit of virtue signaling, yeah. and it's stripped of all of its real meaning. And what I mean by that is if you really care about women's rights, you, you'd, you'd, you'd use your actions and not your words, and you'd stop placating to, you know, the world's dictators for votes at the U.N., or you'd stop welcoming <laughs> ISIS terrorists um, whose regime... Yeah, it's complicated. Women. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, I think Bernier might be onto something. I just don't think Bernier ever knows how to say it. Mm-hmm. And others should say it, too. You know, are, are we are we moving forward here, Omar? And you know who we're talking about, the prime minister using that word. I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to be honest. I think it's great, all the intentions and all everything, putting women in all these positions. But saying you're a feminist when you're a, a male politician, I don't know if that's going to work forever. Yeah, and you know, I, I'm, I'm, I think it's great that the prime minister initially came out and you mm-hmm. know, made it very clear that he's a feminist. I think it's even greater uh, that he's come out with a lot of policies uh, that positively affect uh, affect women. So you know, I like to judge people on on, on what they do, uh, less on what they say. If if Maxime Bernier doesn't like the word, you know, that's fine. I care more about the fact uh, that, quite frankly, I think he's spreading uh, xenophobic tension. Uh, throughout the country, and you know that's what I would like to point out, rather than whether or not he uh, he agrees with use, you know using the word feminist. And also, it is complicated, and it's been complicated for this prime minister. What had happened? I think we call it Gropegate. Is that is that a stain, Omar? It's not great, but you know I go back to my earlier comment about how um, you know we can't equate. Not not every incident is the same. Uh, you know, so we, we have a, this was a situation that happened a number of years ago. A, a woman has come forward, and you know she's 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 put out a statement, and we should just leave it at that. You know, I, I don't think you can equate what you know allegedly happened in BC 20 years ago uh, to some of the really really serious allegations that are coming out uh, today. Melissa, not, not to not to not to say that it's not important. I'm just saying, like I said, every. Every uh, incident needs to be looked at uh, on individually. Individual uh, Melissa, yeah. when we do look at them individually, how do you think this plays out? Look, I, I think Omar's right in the sense that no incidents are the same. But to say that something that happened 20 years ago is not as important as something that happened five days ago is complete nonsense. It is really tough being a woman in politics. It's really mm-hmm. tough being a woman in liberal politics. It's really tough being a woman in conservative <laughs> politics. And we actually have to do... Uh, we have to do something to make it better and for to 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 say it's okay uh, for women to seek a career in politics, and these things aren't going to happen, and we've got to speak out against them. I, mean, I don't think I was saying it was uh, not important because it was not as important because it was 20 years ago, but because of the nature of the specific allegations themselves in, in that incident versus what we've seen recently. Okay, we're going to take a break and then we return. Lots more to talk about here on Counterpoint. We have Omar Khan, Hilton Knowlton, Liberal Party Executive, and Melissa Landsman, VP at Hill and Knowlton conservative strategy. We're going to be back right after this, and this is Global News Radio.
And we are back. I'm Arlene Bunn in for Alex Pearson on this Thursday evening. Omar Khan is with us and Melissa Lansman is with us. Omar, Melissa, I want to switch it around. You know, I had a, a, an interview with Rodney Stafford before we welcomed you on the show. Of course, he is the father of eight-year-old Tori Stafford and that horrible crime. I don't know how many times I've said I just can't get it out of my mind. And we know it was an international controversy when we found out that one of the killers in that crime, Terry Lynn McClintock, was in that healing Lodge. Well, we also remember the exchange, the uh, prime minister calling the opposition ambulance chasers when it came up in question period about Terry Lynn being in this healing lodge. She's thankfully back in a prison. Uh, Rodney Stafford is very, very grateful about this. Melissa, I'm going to throw it to you. Ambulance chasers, a walk back by the liberals. I don't know whether to say this is a great idea. They're quite agile, the liberals, to tell you the truth. If they realize they walk down the, the, the wrong road, I have to hand it to them. They walk back and go down the right road on the other hand it's left a mark as i like to say look how you know how dare the ambulance chasers politicize mm-hmm. the situation mm-hmm. that's what we heard um before you're going to call the opposition ambulance changer chasers and do the exact thing that the opposition called on you to do you should think twice and i don't know if we can call it agile this took a long time it is a serious uh it was a serious crime it was a, a tragic uh, a, a tragic event, uh, but the liberals and you know their Kool Aid drinkers couldn't said that it couldn't be done, and the independence of Corrections Canada is paramount, and yet it could be done, and it was done. I think I'm one of those Kool Aid drinkers. Ah. <laughs> Look, uh, they were ambulance chasers. Why? Why, Omar? Ambulance chasers, because what they did is the exact opposite of what the opposition was asking them to do. What the opposition was asking them to do was to pick up the phone and call the director of of corrections uh, and order the director to intervene in the administration of justice on a particular on on a particular case. What they did uh, is what they said in the House at the time is that they they had asked the director of corrections uh, to relook. At the situation. It's the same thing, oh, though, isn't no, it, Omar? No, no, it is. It is not the same thing. Uh, they asked him to pressure. Study. It's they pressure. Asked take, they asked him to take a look at the specific. Mm-hmm. Uh, they asked him to take a look at the circumstances surrounding the decision, not a direction to change the decision. And stemming from that, the director of corrections came back and said, uh, came back with certain recommendations on how to change processes overall. Uh, so after those processes, overall processes were changed by the government, then. Uh, uh, a decision was made in this specific case, independent of the government, uh, to, to move forward as they have done. I know, but the so word the ambulance chasers... Of what, the, of what the Conservatives were asking for. All right, but the, the, you've, you've gone through the process there. But, yeah. Melissa, to me, the word ambulance chasers was a slam at the Conservatives for bringing this up in its capacity as a crime. Yeah, look, it was uh, it was poor judgment on the part of the liberals. It was uh, uh, it was slow moving. It wasn't agile. And despite Omar's extremely long explanation of it, it's an I told you so moment. Uh, and thankfully, um, she is behind bars exactly where she belongs. Sometimes the right decision doesn't lend itself to good communications.
No. I want to ask you both because, you know, you both have so much experience on this. I was talking earlier about what happened with the president of the United States yesterday revoking the press credentials of Jim Acosta. Omer, let me ask you, I mean, we do a lot in this country comparing ourselves to the United States. You and I have talked about this a lot. I'm grateful to be in Canada here. Our prime minister doesn't like answering questions from the opposition. No prime minister does. It's not that it is just the way it goes. And they don't like answering questions from the media, though. Omar, are we living in a different country here? Is there a different respect even from these testy politicians? Yeah. And, you know, I I would say this is a phenomenon that we've seen really, you know, recently in the United States. Uh, So I don't want to ascribe this whole anti-media sentiment uh, to the country as a whole, I think it's been, it's mm-hmm. been we, we, we've seen it coming since the rise of the Tea Party movement back in 2010, uh, or a couple of years before that, and it's really been torqued up by President Trump. Uh, but the United States has a long history uh, of respecting a free press. It's actually mm-hmm. written into their constitution. I think it was the first democratic republic. It is. So, um, you know, uh, you know, we have our own traditions here. The Prime Minister spends at least a couple of days a, a week standing up there and answering every question uh, that comes that comes his way uh, you know maybe not maybe the answers aren't uh, but he answers as, as the opposition would yeah. like but he is there on national television fielding the questions uh, you know that comes from a history of british parliamentary democracy but you know I, I think some of the issues we're seeing recently are specific to this this president and and maybe a little more broadly the uh, the right wing of the Republican Party. Ah, you had to get that political slam in there. Melissa, is this a partisan thing here, or is this a President Trump thing? Look, I think it's a symptom of President Trump. I think what happened to Acosta shouldn't just concern the American people. Uh, It should concern everybody in every Western democracy. These are things that happen in China. These are things that happen in, Mm -hmm. in, in Iran, and they absolutely should not be things that happen here ever, ever, ever. You know, when we look at it, though, this uh, you have to wonder, is it going to bleed here? We ask that all the time. Is there not a politician? Is there not a, a doesn't it come up in strategy? We know, as you both sit in strategy meetings, that trying to get the media, I don't know, out of your way or on your side is part of it. Has it opened up a, a, a new avenue here in Canada? I'll go back to you, Melissa, for a moment. Look, there are other ways of getting by media. We've seen this in campaigns. We've seen the use of digital and social channels to bypass media, to speak directly to people. Uh, But in no way uh, have have any of our politicians conducted themselves in the manner in which Trump did Mm -hmm. yesterday at uh, at his press conference. And if that was to happen... I think Canadians would be would have a, a dissatisfied or, or distasteful view uh, of that, and it wouldn't stand. Omar, do you see the big difference there, or is there a, a temptation maybe to go a little farther? Well, you know, we have seen some encroachment on, uh, of some of these, you know, not to the extent that we see in the U.S., but but some of these tactics over here. Um, you know, I'm not gonna I'm gonna I'm not gonna name any names, but you know, certain politicians and political parties have have tried limiting press questions and, you know, have, you know, we, we've seen in Ontario's, like, uh, mm-hmm. paid political staffers, you know, erupt in applause whenever they want the press to stop answering And they've questions. been silent lately, though. Yeah, they have. And, it, <laughs> and to be fair, it's not yeah. anywhere near the extreme that we're seeing yeah. down south. 
Uh, but we have, you know, begun to see see a little bit of that up here. I see. Yeah, they try it out, don't they? Omar Khan, VP at Hill and Norton, Liberal Party Executive. Omar, thank you for your time. My pleasure. Melissa Lansman, VP at Hill and Norton, Conservative Strategist. Melissa, have a great evening. Thank you kindly. And this is Global News Radio.